0: Good morning. Good morning. You're with Jeff and Eric again. Courageous Conviction Media. Today, we got some cool things to talk about. Well, actually, actually, agency, if you want to really break it down, agency is a principle that governs the gods, Mm -hmm. right? And they have to show an understanding of that. That's something we're going to have to show an understanding for the intelligence to actually approve us to becoming A God, one day, you know, of of, and we believe that's eternal progression, right? That we will be like our Father in Heaven. We're created in the similitude as He is, and we can be that way. And that doesn't demean Him. That means we got a lot of work to do, right? And and and, but the but long way to go. Yeah, but and they're going to make their mistakes along the way, but they will never take agency from us. And that back when you were talking about the jab, you know, with with President with the first President coming out, and like I said, it back down in Ecuador the area 70 were going around saying it has to be this way. You have to go get vaccinated. If you do not, then you are not being obedient to the prophet. And yet, you know, at the same time, my state president was bothered with that because one, it took away agency, right? And I was explaining to you that we had to go, there was some draconian rules that were just being handed down from this authoritarian type of leadership that were akin to general authorities down there, right? We're talking about the area presidency. presidency. Um, just basically saying you can't go to chapel unless you have a, a vaccine card. You know, yeah, and so, yeah. so when I, you know, I, I mentioned to you that when we were talking before that there's something that took place as my stake president and I were very close and worked together on this, that a lot of people didn't understand. His two counselors. I was in the high council and there was one other high councilman. He got it. But it was just my stake president, myself and, and one other. Everybody else was very pro do what the government says, follow the government look towards the government for the money, right? To sustain ourselves. And the 70 were even saying, don't worry about it. Don't worry about food storage. Go to the bishop and go to the government and get what they're giving you. And I thought to yeah. myself, I had a hard time with that because we had just studied the year before the law of consecration and what that means, right? And the self, self-sufficiency, the sufficiency that comes along with that and the responsibility. And so I was having a tough time with that. And, um, you know, it was some kind of interpretations, but, but that doesn't mean that the church was wrong. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and my state president went back to these people and letters were sent by their presidency. Hey, nobody comes in without a COVID card. Say so president comes back and says, well, all due respect, I think that we're violating agency here. And they take it back to the Lord as their presidency, write a letter two days later, write my, my state president and said, you know, we, we appreciate you calling that to our attention. And we took it back to the Lord and that was our opinion. And now this is what the Lord actually wants. And he came back and said, you cannot ask for a COVID card to get in the chapels. You have to allow agency to take place and people have their freedom to choose, right? But it took, us, it took us standing up to that. And, and, yeah. and sometimes that's necessary today because the church is growing so fast. It's growing so fast that, I, you know, I forget the numbers. My stake president was telling me the numbers of new stake presidents and
1: bishops called like every month. In yeah. The world. And so well, there's something like 236 uh new missions that are being made right now. You it's know, incredible if um, you think about it. Yeah, there's more yeah. missionaries now than ever been in, in, in the history of the church, which is awesome for this generation,
0: you know. And yeah. this generation should give us hope. This generation, this generation now that's in their coming in their 20s now, right? they are much more conservative than prior generations, probably it. probably since my grandparents, you know. Yeah. And so we're seeing that across the board. And a lot of my my sources of information, my good, reliable source of information are saying the same thing, yeah. not from a church dynamic, but for more of, a, of a, a defense of liberty dynamic, right? Yeah. And so I think that we just need to get to the point that, put your testimony in the book of Mormon. That book is true. I promise that I have 25 yeah. years of searching for the remnants of the of, of of these peoples that were once walked as Americas and from North America, all around the tips of Patagonia. We were talking about earlier of Argentina in, 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 in Chile. We studied for 25 years. And I'm telling you right now that I have, I have been and seen and touched and felt Things that I know were there because the peoples of the Book of Mormon once occupied those areas, right? Yeah. And those are things I hope we get into more in the podcast. I hope we share a lot of that stuff too. But I just wanted to say that if we want to look and put our our leaders up or hear things about Joseph or any other, any other leaders for that matter, Brigham made that comment that he was concerned that the members would only follow that they wouldn't seek for themselves. And that's why we talked about what we want to do in the next podcast is go through and break down section 88, 77 through 81 that we discussed earlier and kind of break that down on how we magnify our colleagues, how we prepare ourselves, how we become the dads, the priesthood holders, the fathers, the husbands that are going to be necessary to go forward and face the challenges that are coming. Because I'm telling you right now, there are challenges coming. And I don't want to say it to be doomsday. They're coming we got the CDBC, yeah. a digital dollar coming which is going to be a c- full control no privacy you got the fed now program that's been rolled out now 200 banks we we're talking about earlier are in the fed now program that's not the banking system that's the federal reserve taking over the banking system on their payment platform but they, yeah. the goal of this is to, to be our one stop shop now you've got guys like elon musk with x are trying to rival this and that's why he's falling under doj investigation now with all of these companies you know they're just trying to push this back. So there's going to be a shock of less freedom. There's going to be a yeah. shock of censoring taking place for us. Maybe our podcast will get canned. We'll have to figure out here on YouTube, at least. We will be on Rumble. So listeners also, please, below, you'll find our link to Rumble. So if anything happens here on YouTube, we'll be on Rumble. Substack, we're going to start doing some things where we're going to do some newsletters and stuff like that too down the road. So Jeff and I have been talking about where we want to take this to another level. Why because we want to help people not make the mistakes we made. It's not greener pasture out there. I promise you, I've been married four times. Four times I thought that I could do better, right? And right now my relationship is the most difficult of the four. If you want to really break it down, I married a Latina girl, nothing against Latinas, but they're kind of become strong-headed when they want to be, and Jeff and I both know that. We're both married to Latin women, and I love my wife, However, the one thing that came to me now in my mature years is I'm not, I'm angry at things, but a righteous anger, right? Mm -hmm. And when we let anger build up and be go beyond that righteous anger, that indignation, I should say, it festers, as you mentioned earlier, and all that's going to do is carry over into our families. We're not going to be good husbands. We're not going to be good fathers. We're not going to work good because we're going to be all cut up in anger to try to prove the church wrong. Why are we trying to prove the church wrong? Because we know it's right. Right. And we're stumbling over that on our way out.
1: You know what I mean? Well, I think, you know, we've talked about spiritual things. We've talked about physical things, you know, uh, temporal things. You know, I carry a gun I didn't use to. You know, I believe in the Second, second Amendment. And, uh, you know, I got my, you know, I've had a uh, concealed license for, several years now. And, um, but now, you know, when that, when that started, I used, I was worried at first. I, I'm like, am I going to carry a gun when I'm driving the car? You know? Yeah. Is it loaded? Yeah. Um, now when somebody passes me by and flips me off, I smile at him, Right. Because, um, I don't want to have that altercation. My mindset is different. You know, I, I think it's more about being peaceful <laughs> and, uh, I, 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 I gotta say that I I don't agree with a lot of people that are against guns. Um and I think if you are, then maybe you shouldn't have one, that's fine. But um it still should be a choice. And um I don't want to go off too much on a tangent there. I think the main thing I was looking at is we don't have to get angry, you know, anymore. You know, but you still need to be able to be prepared in every sense. Um Well, I think I think hold on. Now, I would say that we need to be a little more angry, but a righteous anger.
0: We need to be indignant of what's taking place right now in our school system, what's filtered into right. the church right now, too. You know, and, and and I'm not saying that the first presidency knows this. And, and the more I understand what the load they carry, the more I understand there's no way that they can be on top of everything. They have to assign other people. Look, I was a CEO. And there was no way I could do everything and know everything that was going on. I had a meeting every Monday morning with my all my management in the company. And I would sit down and we would talk and go back and forth for the first four hours of the week. And that's how we started our week, right? It was this communication thing. And that was how I was able to keep tabs. But I wasn't the one that was out doing things in the field. I wasn't the one that was turning in the final copies of the, of, 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 of the drawings or, or whatever we were working on. I was just reviewing it and then that person would take it and give it to the proper, you know, government agencies or whatever, where we're working at. Same within church. You know, you can go back. I was just listening to Hannah Stoddard. They, they, oh, they have the Joseph Smith foundation. Are you familiar with them? Yeah. Well um, I guess it's something her father started a while ago, but she was on the, the ward radio last week. Oh no. I yeah, they that. had her on, and she was explaining. She was explaining. She does a lot of research, and I really love her research. They do a really good job. Her dad taught her yeah. well. She said, since she was eight, she was taught how to research. And I thought, boy, I'm lacking. You know, I'm yeah. I'm just reading my daughter. Maybe I, I get teach how to research. And and you know, it was interesting. She explained because they work a lot with the church. They work a lot with 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 leaders in the church and the first presidency. You know, they they have access to a lot of areas. And she was saying that, that a, a series of books that they just recently released on how the history of the church was written, but the church was actually penetrated years ago in the history department, was governed by a, by a Marxist. And he wrote the history erroneously of the church. And that's why we're having so many like, like people are feeling that things were hidden from them. It wasn't. It's just that this was under the management of somebody that was trusted and somebody who felt, he said in his own writings, he said that the Lord called him there to right the wrongs in the church. And so you have that still in the church and you have yeah. that in the church offices. I read a book a couple of years ago where President Benson is cited and talked about what he was looking. He gave a talk against communism. He was very yeah. much against, you know, and he, cause he, he, he like was with shot. Yeah, I do too, and I think we need to go back and listen to those too, right? And, yeah. and we don't just throw those out out. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Because we have a current prophet, you know. We, otherwise, we just take all our scriptures and throw them all away. And we just listen to the prophet. But even Brigham said that's not what we're here for. He said, "Yeah, he said, you know, he that he was concerned as prophet that we would only just follow, we wouldn't seek to understand, right? right. And we have an obligation to understand that section eight, which we'll go in, going to um, in our in in our next next uh, podcast, but." Um, or next
1: series of episodes but but but, but I, I you know it's just <sighs> well, we got to be engaged going, you know if, we, if people aren't engaged in church it becomes boring and you know why go back to church if if you're not really engaged if you're not a part of the process and, and maybe that's some of the reason people are leaving and we got to find that out you know why are people leaving with the ones that come home from their missions why did we leave you know is it the same thing it's the same reason maybe i think so at least at well, least it's well really. i'll
0: just say this right now for me you know i was the type of person that prior to the pandemic i i, I loved going to church my home was always chaotic in the morning getting everybody ready and i will yeah. say that since i was a kid and it's carried over home. to my adult life and i try to not let that happen mm-hmm. you know but it's always seems like we're running late We got to get out the door you know, somebody's dragging their feet and it gets a little frustrating. So by the time I get to church, I'm already a little frustrated. I guess that's why they want us to 20 minutes early. Maybe we cool down. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah. yeah, you know, no, we don't. I right now though, Jeff, is there, I don't have that same desire. Do I, do I look to try to, to attack the church and to follow it? No. Why don't I have that desire? Well, I'm in a blue state. And my award very divided, and I feel like I'm being censored. I can't speak. Now, you were talking about we don't want to lose the, the 100 or 150 that do show up, right? We already, some, some awards have 500 members on their books. And, and yet we're getting, you know, maybe 80 on an average. And that's what branches get, you know, yeah. we're getting 80 to 120 people on sacrament meetings. And, 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 and you know, like you said, well, that, that has a valid point. We don't discuss these issues. And what was more clarified recently to me was what we're not supposed to discuss is party lines, like political party lines and political candidates, right? But the, at the, the point of being able to talk about Marxism and, and whether it pulls you or, or, or doesn't, that was never really clarified. Until recently, it's just like just general, uh, well, we're going to kind of basically stay away from the politics. At
1: church, that
0: does not you mean don't, we don't right. learn those things in our life
1: right let me tell you let me tell you a story because it touches on this because i don't want to lose it and i have this native american friend he's navajo um and he's he's in another actually i've got two of them one's in my ward. And there's another one that uh and he used to be a pol he's still a politician kind of guy he works for the government the one that's in my ward but he's not the one i'm talking about the other one is more this liberal guy you know native american you know big hoop ring, rings. and uh you know the last time i went to the temple i went with him you know um and, and it's not because he's a temple going guy. It took him since COVID to go to the temple, him and his wife. And uh, anyway, so we talk a lot of stuff. And and I know he's you know a little bit out there on the liberal side. My brother brings it up to to me as well because he knows him better than I do. The other day we were sitting there, and you know he's got his mask on. Sometimes he's been taking it off, and um, we never talk about that. But you know, every once in a while I bring something up. I'm like, oh, you know, we could go out to the desert and shoot sometime. I don't know how that came up, but we, I'm like. goes well you know i don't have guns i'm like yeah i'm i'm not a gun nut you know i'm I'm not a gun lover but you know i've got this you know this automatic rifle that we can go out and shoot and then he started coming up with stuff you know like well i know where we can go and you know because i'm not from here you know And, and so he knows where to go i'm like the next thing you know i've got a you know um somebody i can go shoot guns with wasn't exactly the person i thought i'd ever be going to shoot guns with you know so um, maybe there's some camaraderie that can happen, you know, because when people get so involved with politics, they stop doing things that are sensible, like, believe it or not, shooting guns, you know, isn't that kind of the American way? We can go out to the desert, set up some, you know, a, a little gallery there and you know, hopefully we've got a little bit of a mountain there going on and uh we're doing it in a safe place with safe minded and and uh you know, nobody going out there and drinking beers and shooting guns. You know, that's not what we're talking about. But um, but one of the reasons he said that he was thinking about not coming back to church and that he left the church in the first place, because we got into that conversation, was because there wasn't enough brown people at church. And I said, well, There are brown people. Look at my wife, she's brown. He goes, No, that's not the kind of brown I'm talking about. I mean, like natives, Native Americans. I'm like, Well, you know, then you need to pick it up because we need you. We need you to invite some more of your family, and we need to make it more brown. I mean, I don't know what we got to do, but we can't have the division, and we need you. I need to see you. Do it for, you know, yourself, of course. Come to church because you want to be spiritually enlightened, but we need to see you, you know, so nobody's excluding. If it's white, then why do we have brown people that's not coming to church? Because it's white? They can make that change. And we can tell them, say, you know, uh, it's not like you're not wanted. I remember when my daughter was, um, when I gave her her blessing, that was like nine years ago. And I had some friends that were Muslim. They were from the middle of Africa. And I invited one friend to come to, to this, uh, you know, um, blessing. Well, he brought eight of his friends. And they all sat in the front front pew, the, the front pews there. And this is in Willow, Alaska, right? There's like... You know, it's pretty white. There's no black people there. But you should have seen the front, you know, that that church had a little bit of a change there that day. And everybody was coming up there like, Who are you guys? You know, I mean, you could see their their eyes just popped out of their heads and like, We want to know you. What how do you know Jeff? And you know, and, and this kind of stuff. And I was I was like, I was proud, a little taken back that, back that, you know, all these big, huge towering guys, you know, showed up to my little daughter's blessing. And and they're all Muslim, you know. I was just uh, I was just taken back. But yeah, we need to see more diversity in the, but that kind of a diversity where we, you know, are exchanging with each other and that there's real love, a brotherhood. You there's know, a respect and, for each other's yeah. the choices there,
0: and in that regard, right. But but see, but see what we're going though now, Jeff, is where we're going to go with this. Is while the LGBTQ community wants that same respects, but then we're now we're talking about natural law and, well, and God's law always follows natural law right so and here's my feelings yeah. on this here's my feelings you know i i go to church and i hear a lot of this neo-marxism with this this linen marxism rhetoric just being preached at the pulpit as if it's some sort of it's something that that is doctrinal and we and we practice like this all-inclusive idea right and we talked about this yeah. before like it's like christ was all-inclusive for those who wanted to turn to him and have a penitent heart and come to him. And then the law of mercy extends. That's Alma 42. And, you know, Alma's son comes with the same concerns. He doesn't want anybody to be lost. He wants everybody to be saved, so to speak, right? And Alma has to break it down. Hey, there's a law of mercy, there's a law of justice. And two times it says, if God ignores the law of justice, then God fails to be God. He can fail to be God. He can fall from his title and have that stripped from him intelligence would take that from him. And, you know, it's really interesting, kind of a side note, Cleon Skousen. And I think most of our listeners are going to understand and respect and, and appreciate Cleon Skousen. And I sure do. Yeah. And now, yeah. you know, there was so much controversy with him because he kind of picked up where Benson left off, right? He was kind of the voice that was a non-authority, but yet he was groomed under all these authorities. And he wrote books requested yeah. by the
1: authorities.
0: Well, and you know, the naked communists, people don't realize that that was a BYU program that, that was written to be a program at BYU. That was going to wow. be a class, right? Uh, I didn't know Under that. David O. McKay. And what happened was, 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 I'm trying, I'm slipping out who the prophet took his place.
1: Smith. Ah, uh, anyway, Joseph Smith, Joseph, Joseph F. Yeah. It might've been Joseph F. Fielding, right? fielding. fielding.
0: Yeah, it might have been Joseph Felix Smith I think he took his place. And he came back to Cleon, and this was written with Muskausen. This was written with, you know, under the direction of the first presidency and the under direction of, of the president of BYU at the time, right? Uh-huh. And so that's why this program was written. And you want to, facts brought into it. Really good book. I highly recommend people read that. It was written yeah. back, I think, in the 60s. Yeah, I think back I when that. the churches were being penetrated by the Communist Party by Russia and so forth, right? And 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 there were leaders, apostles that stood up and opposed all this, right? Yeah. Now we know that Benson was right, and he was almost alone with McKay. It was just the two of them. The other apostles didn't want to ruffle any feathers. You know, right. Hubie Brown, a Canadian socialist, comes in and he just kind of takes that socialist mentality. We have the same thing on Al U- Dorfet, right? And and I hear. I'm hearing things too that, that that kind of kind of work with Ukdorf a little bit because he does have those leftist leaning thoughts, you know. Yeah. And it, but I'm not saying he's not called of God. You know, they, they're here to fulfill their measure. They got to. They got to. But we also need to understand ourselves. Why we'll get into section 88 in, in our next part, next series of episode and right. podcast. But we need to understand those things to make good decisions and to build a to magnify our callings, right? right. Coming back though, Jeff, as you're talking about your friend your native friend, you know, that's where we're getting in church. And, I, and, 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 and we should not be going to church looking for white, brown, whatever. It sh- we should be colorblind in the church. As yeah. good Latter-day Saints, as good Christians in the world, we should be colorblind. I don't judge a person by his color. At least I didn't until recent all the BLM stuff. Now when I go to these areas where I know that that violence exists, and I see certain races, I avoid going near them. Yeah. That's now. I never had this problem when I was younger. You know, there was this little running black, Andre Ford, a little black guy. And then there was me. We're the two smallest guys in the whole league. You know, I was a, we were in A football a school, big school. And we're the two smallest guys in the football team, the varsity football team. And we hung out and did everything together. And I had these Mexican buddies that were like the linebackers and so forth. And, you know, we were kind of like, I was defensive cornering. You were kind of like this, this, you know, we we're like the, the part of this the main team. And we all did things together. We worked as a team, yeah. and that's what is supposed to be in this gospel. We should not be sitting there worried about
1: color. Yeah, who's white, who's black, who's brown. I, or I what care. their sexual preference is. Right. I don't walk around with a shirt saying, you know, I like yeah. boobs, sorry, but that's
0: the truth, right? right. I, I don't do that. And 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 here on this podcast, we're gonna talk about things that are kind of more i do not like to say in the fringe, but things are less easy to talk about. And, you know, the first presidency, Jeff, I'll give the time back to you here to conclude. Under David O. McKay, actually, with Joseph Filling Smith, I believe it was. Like, don't, don't quote me on that, but we're coming along. The idea of what we talk about and don't talk about in church when it comes to politics and the suggestions made. Now, we have the current prophet and his suggestions, right? And that's been clarified, been clarified as party lines and, and candidates, right? But I think we gotta be very careful, even with the whole talking about even saying, hey, socialism, communism, Marxism at church even anymore is almost going to be offensive to some if you're living in a blue state where you have mixed congregation, right? And and so I think there, you know, which you shot me about Joseph Smith and told me about, you allowed me to participate in this stuff, new stuff going on about Joseph Smith, this news, it heavied my heart. And I thought to myself, I can see where, why our leaders aren't so focused on keeping up with the political things. They've got an idea, but they don't understand the full full details, I don't feel, by choices they're making, things they're saying, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're right now more concerned, Jeff, about what you're talking about. People are so sensitive right now. And the church is very sensitive, too, about bad publicity. I mean, look what they did with Tim Ballard. Basically, he just kind of threw him under the bus. And Tim Bauer should be a guy that we could boister up as, as one of the articles of faith in our 13th article of faith, right? That we do things exactly, exactly right. We do things that are praiseworthy. Right. And here's right. a man that's praiseworthy, and the church is the first, the first opposition against him, which you know was gonna come because those elites, the World Economic Forum with the United Nations, the whole agenda is going to try to keep this agenda moving where it's where they've got it going right now.
1: They got a jump start on it those tears have locked us down and they're not going to let that go. Right. Yeah. Jeff. But it's hard to, hard to understand where that, you know, the opposition is coming from and why, you know, um, but it's not, they're secret combinations. And if we
0: look at the book of Mormon, yeah. it explains it. I mean, we're I would just, I just pulled something up the other day in Alma 46. And I started going through it and start talking about where the corruption came in to overthrow the
1: freedom and overthrow the government of the people, right. Of the church. That's, and, that's the quest, you know, on the other side. Yeah, they want to do that. But before, well, that hasn't before, stopped. Yeah, it, it's always been that way. You're right. But yeah. now it's just in those little bit of increments. Since, you know, like Benson and, uh, you know, and and David O. McKay that you mentioned before, we've had these hardliners, even before that, Brigham Young, you know, we've had these hardliners, but they get, you know, a little bit of increments, you know, where we get a little bit of socialism, a little bit of Marxism nestled into the church, and it starts to grow and fester. And people believe that that's Christ's way. Well, Christ's way is being peaceful, but there's also a soldier side, you know, and we have to be able to stand up and there's got to be able to, you, you got to be able to draw a line, you know. And well, no, uh, see, I'm, I, I would argue that, that Christ
0: was peaceful. I, and I would only argue it in this way He never backed down from defending the truth. And
1: that meant right. people got offended and left Him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying to be wishy-washy. I'm not saying back down. I I think there's, I'm looking at peaceful. I carry a gun because I'm peaceful. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) You should put a shirt up there. Nothing we can sell. I carry a gun because I'm peaceful. I like that. Yep. And, and the first time I opened carried one time, I did it by accident up in Alaska and it was legal there, you know? So, you know, and, and, and I had my, my older RV and I'm driving along, I'm eating these, you know, hot chips or stuff with this red stuff all over and i'm wiping my my pants down my jeans you know we've been out camping and i walk into the store with this you know uh big firearm strapped to my side you know 44 please you know subscribe below it's it's free hit that button down below subscribe give us a thumbs up
0: send this yeah, out yeah. to your friends it's our new podcast jeff and jeff and i have these experiences that we've lived outside the country many years of our lives